It's now time to head on over to Edgewater Tacos to hear what they have to say about immigration and living in Edgewater. Welcome back to yet another segment of Slice of Culture. Edgewater Tacos opened in early 2018 and has been well known ever since. The people of Edgewater truly can never get enough of their food. In today's interview, we will be speaking to Patricia Guerrero, who was born and raised in Edgewater. Hi, Patricia. It's so nice to finally meet you. How are you doing today? I am well, Riddy. Great meeting you as well. Thank you very much. So let's get started with the interview. First off, let's start off with your name and your position at Edgewater Tacos. It's Patricia Guerrero, and I'm owner of Edgewater Tacos. How many years have you been working here, obviously? Well, we just turned three years and seven months. Wow. So what's the best thing about being the owner to the infamous Edgewater Tacos? Actually, feeding my community. So I read on your website that your dad opened the Durango Mexican restaurant back in the 80s, but it unfortunately closed. Is that correct? Yes. How is Edgewater Tacos different from Durango Mexican restaurant? Well, we're, we're continuing my father's legacy where he left off with a younger twist. Um, uh, I want to say a more modern day twist, and it's my version of his cooking. Interesting. So how would you say Edgewater Tacos is similar to your dad's previous restaurant? I am um, only serving his salsa verde. It's funny how our restaurant is known and only serving his salsa verde and customers are loving it. Interesting. So how did you and your family build up the courage to open another restaurant? It's in our blood. Uh, my brother and I, who is my, my brother, who is my business partner, um, we both worked our corporate careers um, for over 20 years, and we decided uh, to throw in the towel while we still had life left in us uh, to do this. And we decided uh, to just, you know, put our heads together and get this going. We had the opportunity to open up shop a block away from our childhood home. So this is home for us, uh, born and raised in Edgewater. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting that you say that you opened it with your brother. It's really rare to see a family-run restaurant nowadays. How would you say a family-run restaurant is benefiting you? Do you think it was a good idea? I hope it was. Most definitely. I wouldn't do it with anyone else. Um, he is my only other sibling. I adore my brother. It is hard. Um, it's definitely a test. Um, we definitely are... Um, different we do come from the same parents but we are night and day but um i wouldn't have it any other way i love my brother and we pair well um we uh have the same drive um at the end of the day we give the we get the same result so i we're we're enjoying this ride together opposites attract that's for sure i agree so do you have any suggestions or advice for struggling small business owners in edgewater Keep your head up. Keep going. Stay focused. Stay frugal. Save your money. Um, there's a lot of companies out there that want a piece of the pie. Say no, not right now. Don't feel pressured to sign up with linen companies and all these companies that pressure and delivery services. Get your own drivers. Um, shop around do your own shopping that's what i do i don't sign up with these big companies i'm literally getting up in the morning and 
price checking and doing my own shopping and I'm cutting corners. I have not right, uh, raised my prices yet because I'm um, saving. I'm saving and I have not had to raise my prices yet. So um, keep the dream alive. I mean, that really shows how dedicated you are to Edgewater Tacos, especially that you said that you're doing your own shopping for the restaurant. I've rarely heard people do that. That's, that's wonderful. So your family has been living here on Magnolia for over 60 years. Is that correct? Correct. Is there any specific reason why you guys have and still are living here for so long? What's keeping you here? You can't find what Edgewater has to offer anywhere else. I try to um, uproot my parents um, roughly 15 years ago. Um, I tried to move them to Arizona and I purchased a home out there and I wind up renting it out. They did not like it. It was too hot out there for them. And they, my mom is from Ecuador and my father's from Mexico City. And you would think, you know, both coming from hot countries that they would like it. And nope, they like the four seasons. They like it out here because of the four seasons. Um, we live in a big Victorian home. Edgewater has these gorgeous homes. We're by the lake, minutes from the downtown. Um, the sense of community, um, just the what Edgewater has to offer as far as uh, so many different, like within a three mile radius, you can eat um, Vietnamese, African, Nigerian, Mexican, Ecuadorian, Colombian. I mean, we're a motley crew and you can't get that anywhere else. And it's just, you know, the sense of, of community here is, is incredible. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because this podcast actually is about the diversity in Edgewater. And I actually did do some research about the restaurants here and I found that there are, there's a plethora of different cultural cuisines, which is why that's my main focus for this podcast. Is there anything that you would have changed about Edgewater because you've grown up here for so long? Is there anything you wish that you could have changed about Edgewater? No, that's why I'm still here. <laughs> I, at 47 years, I was born in the old Edgewater Hospital. Um, yeah, this is home for me and I'm living in my childhood home and I would not change a thing. I, I love it here. We, um, here we're so accepting of race and creed and just everything i mean we're, we're so welcoming here and i do feel the sense of community and love you know um my only concern but it's it's the city it's not just a little town it's you know um right now we're going through kind of like a bad uh, reputation with the city and violence but um we all have to get together on that you know we need to start loving and not being so violent and there's a lot of hate going on right now but um, that's more of a, a, a world war, worldwide issue as well. For so sure. we're, you know, I'm hoping that that will, you know, we'll get over that soon. Um, because this is definitely a great country to live in and a great city and a great town to live in. So, I, yeah, I love it here. I don't plan on ever leaving Edgewater. So I'll ask you to hold that thought about violence here in Chicago because we'll revisit that in mm -hmm. the next later questions. Mm -hmm. So let's get a little bit more into Edgewater in general. Because you grew up here, you've possibly seen some developments of Edgewater that many of us may not have seen. 
Do you recall any major changes that you have seen throughout your years of living here that you'd like to share? Of course, just on Bryn Mawr alone. I remember growing up going to the Bryn Mawr Theater and watching the first Rocky movie at the Bryn Mawr Theater. Um, I remember not being able to pass the train viaduct because east of the train track was really scary um, and very sketchy. And um, I also remember the Woolworths um, going there to buy our first parakeets and uh, going there to get um, ice cream with my grandmother. Um, the old Treasure Island on Broadway. So just a lot of development, a lot of people investing in our community, in our beautiful Edgewater. It's, it's incredible. Um, just to see um, Edgewater rising is heartwarming. It just feels so beautiful. Um, just, you know, walking, walking my dogs and just seeing everyone investing in their homes, beautifying, tuck pointing, investing, and, and um, just really doing what they can, doing their part. If everyone does their part on their property, it just it makes such a huge difference. You know, barge committees and the aldermen, everyone. Um, if we just did our bit, it would make such a huge difference. And even if you rent, you know, it, it, you make a difference in our community. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely very lucky that we have people in Edgewater who are investing in the city to make it a better place and to enhance it. So we're very fortunate living here. Edgewater, for the most part, can be considered an inclusive society due to the amount of diversity and resources available for all residents. Do you recall any moments of living in Edgewater where inclusivity and open-mindedness were lacking? Most definitely. Um in my younger years, um, when I was walking to and from school, um, I went to St. Eva's Catholic private school and be, there weren't too many Latinos going there, again, because it was private. I was surrounded by public schools and I remember the, you know, there was some racial tension. You know, there um, weren't too many um, uh, Latino stores in the area. Um, so, you know, you had to kind of fit in, you know, there, there, uh, you know, back then it was a different kind of, um, uh, again, there, there was a different kind of, um, crowd, you want to say, you know, different type of community, but that died out real quick. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, the taxes went up, um, things started to change, people started to get more involved, people started coming out of their shell, people started talking, people started um, gelling together, and, and it, it just changed. You know, this was the 80s and the 90s, um, people started um, working together, and it changed a lot. But yeah, I remember in my younger years, even like playing um, with kids around the block, you know, we were limited. Um, it was just everybody was kind of like secluded and separated but then um you know there was a change there was a shift and i witnessed that shift and and it shifted ever since and the, and i keep seeing that shift and i hope it's for the better what do you think is triggering this shift obviously it's a good thing that the society is 
shifting more towards becoming more inclusive. But what do you think are some of the reasons why? Well, it's education. It's education. Um, there's more resources. Um, I, I remember back in the day, I had a speak and spell, and I thought that was the most modern thing in the world. <laughs> you know, I mean, we have resources now at our fingertips my cell phone alone and i have an android i don't have an apple phone but just my phone alone if i can't um translate something in spanish i google it you know if i don't know um a food in spanish or in english i google it and it's just the resources that we have at our fingertips now is incredible so the education people are now so well informed and people are sharing that information and just the, the the world of knowledge that we have now and people are getting together and now they're getting together and people are moving people are you know we got movers and shakers and we have people going around and getting together and taking action you know and that's what i'm loving because there was a moment where people were scared to move people were scared to react or say something you know there was a period of of quietness and uh you know and that was alarming because um people had a you know people have a voice now and sadly you know it did take um it did take uh some sad uh, moments for people to come out you know and that always happens it takes um some sad moments in in history for people to 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 come from that you know to 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 come out and 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 have a voice so people are now coming out and they're coming out you know in by by the millions and i hope that they keep talking and they keep getting together and and keep moving forward you know to help not only our community but our city and this country i agree i think just when people unite together it just makes everything so much stronger and makes every movement that much stronger so we're gonna head back on to what you mentioned is an issue not only in edgewater but just in the city in general which is violence is that correct yes so is there anything that you think that we as a community can come together to help overcome this issue people need to be more aware um I'm, I'm from the old school. I was born in the 70s, and I grew up in the times where we didn't have cell phones and ear pods and iPods and all kinds of pods. And we were more, you know, being a woman in the city and being the only girl in the family, my father and, and my brother and all my male cousins always showing me, hey, when you're walking down the street, you know, watch, you know, watch where you're walking, you know, watch who's in front of you, behind you, you know watch your surroundings people still need to be aware male or female we have to be aware because i and i notice this all the time my customers in front you know they're so attached to their phone they're walking across the alley cars zooming by you know people are so connected to their phones um people need to disconnect People need to disconnect. There should be some disconnection when you're on the train, when you're walking home, when you are interacting, placing an order at a restaurant or picking up your food. They're um, talking to someone. They're, uh, you're at the store. There has to be times when you're disconnecting 
because your guard is down. And that's when people are taking advantage and people are getting hurt and people are and people right now are showing no mercy. They are hitting people over the head for a phone. They are knocking you out or even killing you for a bike. Remember, a car is, these are all material things. People are getting killed for a car that has full coverage insurance on it. If I'm getting attacked, take my car, take my purse, take my quarters, take my earrings, take my shoes, take whatever you want. Those are material things that can be replaced. Don't put up a fight, but the thing is, be aware. Disconnect, put your phone away. People are getting jumped and killed for a, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar phone that can be easily replaced. Think of your family and and your loved ones who are going to mourn your loss over a phone or a material object. So we need to be, we need to disconnect. Yeah, we I think disconnect. You made some very powerful points because I do agree that today's generation is very materialistic. They focus on the materials and they forget that a life cannot be replaced. So it's really interesting that you say that. It's very powerful. So let's head on over to immigration now. Have you or your family immigrated from a different country to the U.S.? Yes. So my mother is from Quito, Ecuador, and my father is from Mexico City. My, my mother comes from a family of 11. So my grandparents um back in the 60s there was a lot of political issues in ecuador and my grandfather did not want their children dealing with those political issues so the two eldest sons came here they um immigrated to um united states and landed here in chicago um because in those days there was a lot of factory work here there was a lot of there was an abundance of work um, they did their research. There was public transportation, the lakefront. Um, there were big homes, and you know they had eleven um, the um, family members of eleven. So they had to uh, find a house that was accommodating for a big family. So uh, the two eldest came here, um, landed two great jobs, and they hustled, and they started bringing their family here you know, one by one by one until they brought everyone over. And um, they all studied here. My grandparents, uh, my grandmother never had to work, but my grandfather um, got a great job working for Zenith, making TVs. And all the boys um, started working and they all started getting an education. They all went to college and um, the ones that didn't um, joined the military. Yeah, they all went to the military and they all um, had their careers and they all married well and had their children and a lot of my cousins went to the military. So, um, you know, they, they, my grandparents knew that there was a better life here for them and they made the most of it with education, um, giving a lot back to the country. To our country um, and then on my father's side um, a lot of my on the Mexican side um, a lot of our family did not migrate to here because they did they had no need to they had formal education my grandfather um, was an engineer he worked for Westinghouse Electric 
company and he did a lot of traveling. He traveled a lot to Illinois and in one of his travels, he brought his eldest with him, which was my father. And my father took a liking to Chicago, loved Chicago, and he decided to stay here because my um, grandfather wanted him to stay back there and join uh, like the political party over there because our family was um, big like on the political side and over there you have to do your um, you have to be in the army for so many years and he did but my grandfather wanted him to make that a living and my father didn't so he wind up he did his time came here and got an education he finished high school met my mom there and their high school sweethearts and have been married 51 years oh wow that's a wonderful story mm -hmm. so have you ever visited ecuador or mexico city i visited both ecuador only once because um back in the day ecuador was very expensive uh to, to travel but um we drove oh my goodness we drove to mexico every year and it was so much fun back in the day it was very safe to travel to mexico and my father was like the best um road trip person in the world he would um map it out he had the atlas map and he would highlight our trip and he would make the route different every year and we would stop along the way like these special places and um, we would stay the night in hotels and, you know, fish shops and we would stay in these little, um, we would like eat breakfast like in these little truck stops and stuff. He made it a lot of fun. And then we had a car once we were in Mexico to travel all through Mexico. And we would always wind up in families' houses and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. So how does it feel in Ecuador and Mexico? Do you feel closer to your identity in those countries or do you feel like Edgewater is more of a home to you? Born in, because I was born here, um, I feel very close to Edgewater. This, my roots are well planted, well seeded here, but I am very proud of my heritage. Um, I do feel, and, and my mom will get there, I can feel the chancla like coming, flying at me right now, um, because I am, I feel more of the Mexican heritage because my father was the one who was more dominant in the family in the sense of he's the one who liked to cook. My mom, they, they were yin and yang in that sense where they balanced very well in the sense where my father loved to cook, my mom didn't like to cook. My father was very unorganized, my mom was very organized, so they, they paired very well. And they, my, my dad was the one who taught me how to cook because I'm the only girl in the family and it was either stay in the kitchen and help my dad cook or play with the boys and wind up crying. So I lucked out because I have a lot of my dad's recipes. My dad sadly now has, my dad's still alive, he now has dementia and I was able to retain a lot of his recipes. You know, so I, I have that, that those that memory of him in me, you know, so it's like I'm, I have that real Mexican root, you know, instilled in me because of my father. I'm sorry to hear about your father, but I'm glad that you're keeping his legacy alive oh, yeah. in Edgewater. And Edgewater Tacos is so well known that you're sharing his love to everyone around here, it's all your such customers. such a blessing. For sure. 
So after immigrating to the U.S., did your family, your parents specifically, did they start out living in Edgewater or did they start, did they live somewhere else before? My father um, lived in Uptown. My dad um, lived in Uptown. He lived by Weiss Memorial Hospital. He was renting out um, a room. He had like three other roommates. And um, he, and then my mom, she, no, she lived in Edgewater. My mom, that's why she's been there uh, for over 60 years. My mom went to Swift Elementary School. Then she went to Sun High School. So actually where I live, my grandparents lived across the street. So my grandparents' home where my mom um, migrated from Ecuador, that's their home. Their, their home that my aunt, my both uncles, when they came, they bought that house for them and, and started bringing everyone over. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Your family story sounds very, very similar to mine. Really? Because, yeah. Oh, my family so cool. also immigrated here and we also kind of like live in the same proximity and nobody wants to move away no. because they, they want to like keep that bond. Yeah. They want to stay in the same area. It's so Give crazy. me chicken skin. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all about memories you know it's um that's what keeps at least that's what keeps me going you know and that's what sucks about dementia that that it erases your memory bank your memory board you know and uh, you know it kills me you know with my dad it's like um he doesn't have that anymore but we're just blessed that you know, the, the stroke that he had 30 years ago could have taken him. It, I could have been stripped of my father 30 years ago. He's still with us. I'm blessed. Yeah. And the dementia that he has is not as aggressive as other people have. So um, he still remembers that we ha- that his kids have a restaurant. Aww. Yeah, and when I talk to him about the restaurant and I talk to him about, I'm like, Dad, people love your salsa verde recipe. He gets so excited. So he, you know, it, you know, we, we're keeping, we're keeping him going just with the stories, you know, so. I'm sure he's very proud of you oh, guys. Oh, very, yeah. So, actually one third of the residents of Edgewater are foreign born, meaning this is where a lot of the immigrants aim to live in. Do you think Edgewater is a good place for immigrants? Of course it is, definitely. Why do you think immigrants tend to aim to live here instead of all the other neighborhoods in Chicago? You get a little bit of everything. You have uh, the, that community feel, that sense of home. Um, you're by the lake. You, if you don't have a car, you are so close to public transportation. You, um, if you don't like to cook, you can walk to so many restaurants. And um, you will find one from your country here for sure. There's so many, you know, walking distance. And again, we're so welcoming. We're uh, definitely a loving and welcoming community. I agree. I believe Edgewater is incredibly welcoming, but obviously there are times where maybe that welcoming aspect may be lacking in some cases. So do you have any suggestions of how we can make Edgewater more of a welcoming place, even though it already is, but how can we increase that and make it more of a welcoming place for everyone? We need people to start caring more in the sense of, if you see someone that fell, stop and help someone along the way. 
that's the only way that you are going to be more prosperous in your life um remember karma does exist so always do good always think twice before doing wrong um always you know if you're doing good like here at the restaurant wow you know business is booming booming we have survived this far we're a new business if someone comes to my window and asks for food i'm not going to give them something that's been sitting on my counter because someone didn't pick up their food i'm going to make them something fresh and i'm going to give it to them um it's karma we have to give back to the community we need people to to care in that sense give back you know give back um that's the only way you're going to be successful in life is you have to start giving back not being selfish and and remember the karma does exist it will come back to haunt you and it might not be tomorrow or next month it could be at any point in time so you know be careful and, and start caring your words are so powerful because you just said karma does exist and that's something that i've been told all my life with my family i've always been told that my parents always say you need to do good to get good and whether the audience believes karma or not the main lesson is you need to do good to get good and i feel like that's something a lot of people forget they want to hoard everything to themselves instead of giving away there's a lot to learn from you so Do you know of any resources that your parents would have benefited from as immigrants when they arrived here in the beginning that they were unable to receive at that time? Um, I know that pride got in the way. And I think with any family, um, pride definitely gets in the way of wanting to ask for help. Um, I... I know that um, my grandfather, having so many males in his family, I know that he pressured them to definitely go out there and, okay, guys, you guys have to now give results because you guys got the education and you guys have to, you know, find that bread for the day. You know, we we say el pan del día. Um, So I know the pressures that my uncles received were had to have been rough and the way my grandfather used to think was we don't want to take from others that might need it more but i know that our the church was always available we've been part of saint Edith's parish for oh my goodness forever and i know that the parish was always available you know there um if there was something more available like care for real you know I know they're now very powerful. I remember back in my day, they were just coming. They were just starting to develop. They were just starting to grow. They were just coming out. Um, They were just starting to try to get organized and get that word out. But now it's great to hear that they're out there, and especially right now during the pandemic, you know, to hear them... um, and to see the line out there on Sheridan is amazing. And to hear that they're also helping out animals. I'm a big animal advocate. You know, um, spade and neuter, um, you know, adopt 
adopt, don't shop. You know, I'm a big um, advocate for rescuing animals. You know, I rescued a bonded pair during the pandemic. Um, uh, it's all about saving lives, two-legged and four-legged, you know, and it's all about community feel and we have to um, get more people involved, you know. We need more care for reals, you know. We do. Can we hear a little bit more about how the churches have helped you and your family out in Edgewater? They, um, more, not so much like clothing and food, but as far as spiritually. Um, we, you know, we get lost. We get lost spiritually because, you know, we have a mortgage and we have to work. We school, you know, career-wise, we forget. We get lost in translation. We're so busy, focused on the on that dream, on our goals, and we forget. And in my faith, you know, I I have a strong faith in God, and and He He checks us. We get to that. I call it a checkpoint. We get to that checkpoint where we get. Um, thrown down to our knees something happens we have a crisis moment where we are all of a sudden reminded that we are not here on our own and we didn't get here on our own we're not alone that we need to surrender you know we need to surrender and ask for help you know and you know going to church and having our church so close to us and that's and i'll be very honest with you that's another reason why i'm so close to this community just listen how cool my life is i'm blocks away from my church i'm a mile away from my dad's nursing home my restaurant my home this is my life within a two mile radius what more do i want mm -hmm. this is my life i'm set you know um, work-life balance is key it is I, I figured that out and I'm so blessed that I was able to see that in in my in my mid-40s you know so yes my church plays a huge role Sanita's parish played a huge role in our lives because when we had crisis moments they were there for us there was always a solution there was always someone there to talk to Spiritually, there was always someone to direct us somehow, you know, find the answer, you know, direct us to, uh, to help, you know, there was always someone there to counsel, um, and, or just to go to church. I used to just go there and sit and, and to just recharge, I would say, recharge my, my internal batteries, you know, to get away. So, you know, that it, to have that resource, to have the, have it there you know is, is definitely a blessing and much needed in our community yeah and thankfully there are an abundance of churches here in edgewater like it feels like there's a church every two or three blocks that right. you pass by you see right. churches everywhere yes. so people should definitely take advantage of churches whether it be getting some spiritual help yes. or some physical help like help with food right. shelter clothing right i feel like sometimes people tend to forget that churches yeah. are also there to help us out 
So after moving here, why do you think your family did not stop cooking ethnic dishes? We see a lot of the times immigrants come here and they just kind of adapt to the American culture and they don't really cook their cultural dishes anymore. Why do you think your family was different? Our food is so good. <laughs> Our food is so delicious. Um, we wanted to keep the traditions alive. Um, don't get me wrong. I can I can cook a great smoked rib and I cook the traditional Americana Thanksgiving dinner. Um, we make like a great American food. I mean, but we keep the traditional Ecuadorian slash Mexican food. We have to keep it alive because we're in another country, you know, and it can easily be forgotten, you know, and just think of, you know, and, and people have told us, they're like, Patty, I envy you. I'm like, why? And she's like, Patty, you get to eat mac and cheese and tamales. She's like, you get to get guisados and hot dogs. And I'm like, you know what? I never thought of that. And I go, you're right. We have the best of both worlds, you know, and to keep those two um, separate and not combine them is huge, mm -hmm. you know, because um, you want to keep them separate um, because you want to keep the Mexican um, traditional, like at home when I cook Mexican food is very different than the Mexican food that I serve here because I have to keep in mind the allergies um i also had to keep in mind the food cannot be spicy you know versus what i make at home so at home i it's the 100 percent traditional you know but again um it's just a, i i love it i'm i'm so blessed to be able to cook all kinds of food you know cook american uh cook ecuadorian and mexican it's, it's a blessing to be able to know how to cook those different foods. So I love this idea of globalization, of how when you guys immigrated here, you brought a taste of Ecuador, you brought a taste of Mexico, and you're also adapting to the American culture and like cooking traditional, what we would call traditional American foods as well. So do you think Edgewater made it easy enough for your family when they moved here to access the proper ingredients they needed to cook your authentic foods? Not really. <laughs> Not at the beginning. Because back in the 60s and 70s, this was a, a European. This was a, There was a lot of Irish European. So if we wanted tortillas or anything Latino, we had to go all the way to the south side, like Pilsen area, back in the day to get any kind of tortillas or any kind of chilies. But again, living in Edgewater, right off the of Lakeshore Drive, we were a hop, skip, and a jump away from Pilsen. Another great reason why living in Edgewater, you're minutes away from downtown. So the, the fun thing was, on the weekends, we would, um, on Sunday, we would call it Dominguear. My dad would get up literally at six in the morning, and there was like a farmer's market in Maxwell Street. And you had to get up early to get fresh dibs on everything. I mean, cilantro and all that stuff. You, we would get up super early and do all our shopping over there for the week. And then we would lug everything back over here and just, you know, we had an abundance of fresh uh, produce for the week. So yeah, you know, but then as time progressed, we they started open up shops here. You know, we had little mercados and stuff where you can buy tortillas and, and chilies and stuff like that. But back in the day, like even to go to restaurants, 
they didn't have like um, salsas, anything like not even a spicy uh, picante bottle at a table. So my dad would travel with like a jalapeno in his pocket. It was really funny. You know, we would laugh. We're like, oh my God, my dad's so Mexican. But, you know, my dad, he would say, he's like, if I don't have spice in my food, I can't, it doesn't taste good to me. So, you know, we, we would joke about that. Would you say it's much easier now in Edgewater to access those ingredients? Most definitely. Walking distance on Bryn Mawr, I can get tortillas and tostadas and I can get a lot of, I can get mole in a jar. I can get a ton of stuff now. Yes. What are some key staples you need to cook Mexican or Ecuadorian food that you would say? Like the dishes will be incomplete without these key staples. My dry chilies, fresh cilantro, my tortillas. Would you say the tortillas that you find here are the same that you would find in Mexico and Ecuador, or would you say they're a bit different over here? So, um, they're different. So in, tor- in Ecuador, they don't eat tortillas. Oh. Yeah, they don't eat tortillas, but um, they're very different. In Mexico, I mean, because of the water and the corn, everything tastes different. But um, the product that we use here is pretty good. I mean, I have family members that visit from Mexico and they try the El Milagro brand that we use here and they love it. They're, they're like, wow, that's a pretty good tortilla. Can you educate us a little bit? You just said that in Ecuador they don't eat tortillas. So what, what is so they So they eat a lot of yuca, which is the cassava. They eat a lot of green plantain. They eat a lot of potato and rice. So rice is eaten like at every meal and like plain white rice is very traditional. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is your favorite authentic Mexican food? Your personal favorite? Girl, tacos. <laughs> that explains why. Tacos. tacos. Oh my gosh, tacos are life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why did you want to bring a taste of your culture into Edgewater and why did you decide to bring a taste of Mexico and Ecuador into Edgewater Tacos? You could have created a restaurant of any other culture, any other food. Why did you specifically choose Mexican? Because this is what I know how to do. And this is my version. This is my sazon. This is my touch. This is what I was taught how to do and my, my, my spice on how we make it. How does it feel when you see people from all parts of the world coming into Edgewater Tacos to enjoy food specifically from your culture? Really, it's incredible. It's really a dream come true. So on that note, let's get a little bit more into Edgewater Tacos. What was your primary goal when you and your brother decided to open Edgewater Tacos? We simply wanted This has been 17 years in the making. We wanted to continue my father's legacy. We wanted to continue where he left off and scratch something off our bucket list. We didn't think that it would um, really get this popular this fast. Um, I had a five year plan. Like in five years, you know, gradually it would, you know, get big. But our family was known for El Norte, my aunt's restaurant, um, and of course my father's restaurant, which was Taqueria Durango. My father established a restaurant business and my aunt, who was my mother's sister from Ecuador, she was 
took a liking to the business. So my father gave her, consulted her and said, hey, if you want to do it, you know, I'll be happy to help you and kind of, you know, give you the, the, you know, the 411 on this. And he did. So she did very well. She ran her business for over 35 years. And, um, you know, from there, I, I ran her business for roughly six years before she closed. So, again, her restaurant was literally on the other side of, of Bryn Mawr and Ridge. So I was the face of the business. I was there all the time. So I had already built a good relationship with a lot of the customers. So when they found out through a newspaper the Edgewater, it was, I want to say, um, Edgeville Buzz wrote a little newspaper on our opening. The word got around. And that is what, whoo, like, literally the first week that we opened, the whole, everyone found out. And it was a big influx of business, which was a huge blessing. And it's been, you know, it's kept us on our tippy toes ever since. So it sounds like your family has quite experience with business in Edgewater. But does your family have any experience with business in Mexico or in Ecuador? Like, do they have any restaurants there as well? Um, currently, no. No, not in, in Mexico, no. Because, um, like, on, my relatives are, like, engineers. So they, you know, they're profes business professionals. So they don't have businesses. And then in Ecuador, my aunt actually owns a farm and she owns a marmalade company it's like a small smuckers and she produces guayaba she has a huge um uh, it's not a she hands um guayaba trees and she produces the marmalade and she sells that marmalade to bakeries because the Ecuador is very popular to sell everything with guava filled pastries so she sells, she's like a little mini smuckers out there. So yeah, she is a businesswoman out there. Mm -hmm. So I believe that food is a powerful way to overcome prejudice. How do you think Edgewater Tacos is playing a role in uniting people and proving that we can all get along no matter our background? Tacos is happy food. There's something about my food, I kid you not, you see my people uniting in the patio or waiting in our patio. They're all talking about the food and there's just energy that just flows from out from our kitchen outside. There's just this great energy. People just waiting out there talking about the food and their experience and people get really excited. And and you know, I don't know if it's a sweet plantains or my churros or the empanadas. There, I, just the love that we're pouring into the food when we're making it and I think they're tasting it because they're loving it <laughs> so how can Edgewater Tacos make a significant impact to Edgewater is there anything that you would do to make sure that Edgewater Tacos is impacting this community as a whole I will always do my best to always keep costs low that's number one I'm always going to keep quality at a high. We set the bar high when we open. I want to get, feed my community good quality proteins and produce. We always want to give sweet, kind service. We want to kill you with kindness. 
um, and always keep everything clean here, you know, inside out. Um, we also always want to give back to our community. You know, there's been several times customers have lost their wallets or left them at home. Take your food. You know, I'm not going to die over $12. You came here, you, you know how many taco shops there are in the city and you came to mine? Take your food. You know, we're always going to do our best to give back to the community. Your selflessness is definitely something to admire and something that people should learn to learn from. And it's very addicting, actually. It's the only way to be successful in life. I agree. Which dish would you say is the most popular? Our fish taco. Fish tacos. And on the other note, which dish would you say is underrated, but most but customers definitely need to give it a try? Our Milanesa torta. Can you give us a little description of what it is? It's um, it's breaded chicken breast on a specially made uh, bread that we have delivered every morning. And we toast it and it's loaded with beans, cheese, lettuce, tomato, and sour cream with a breaded chicken breast. And it's delicious. It's a sandwich. It sounds delicious mm -hmm. for sure. So unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our interview. So for the last question, this is your time to shine. Is there anything you would like to share to the audience about Edgewater Tacos as a closing statement, any specials, your hours, anything that you'd like to say? We will resume a free delivery service um, starting in fall. We will announce it. Please follow us on social media. Um, also, uh, please know that if the, if the pandemic does get more restricted, we will ask that you please wear your mask at the walk-up window. Um, please stay safe. We love you guys. We love our community. We thank you for supporting all small businesses. Well, thank you so much, Patricia, for your time today. It was a pleasure meeting you and, of course, coming to the infamous Edgewater Tacos. I wish you the very best, and once again, thank you so much. Thank you. That concludes today's segment of Slice of Culture. If you enjoyed today's segment, please stay tuned for tomorrow, where we will be hearing from Ethiopian Diamond. Until next time. Welcome back to Slice of Culture. It's been a little bit since we've had one of these one-on-one -on -one talk sessions and I've honestly kind of missed it. Yesterday's segment was all about an interview that we had with Patricia Guerrero, who is the owner of Edgewater Tacos. And I will say, warning, if you did not listen to yesterday's segment, then please head on and listen to that one before you listen to today's segment, because today's segment is all about what we heard from yesterday. Now that that disclaimer is out of the way, I hope all of you guys who are listening in today are the folks who listened to the segment yesterday. So now we can talk a little bit more about Edgewater Tacos, my experience going there, what I saw, what I smelled all about Patricia, the vibe that we got from her, and I really wish I could hear from you guys and your perspective. 
but unfortunately that's not gonna happen so you guys are stuck hearing my perspective and i hope i can entertain you guys with that so when i walked to edgewater tacos it was incredibly close from the edgewater public library branch it was probably like a nine minute walk and edgewater tacos is honestly placed in an amazing place because on the left of it is the Bread Mart station, the Bread Red Line, and on the, sorry, on the right. Edgewater Tacos is actually placed in a very convenient area because on the right side falls the Bren Mar Red Line station. So if you're on the way to work, you can grab something really quick to eat during your lunch break. Or if you are coming home from work, you can also grab something to eat. And on the left side of Edgewater Tacos, there are a lot of more restaurants and also, of course, the Edgewater Public Library branch. So Edgewater Tacos is currently not open for dine-in because it is a very small restaurant. Patricia actually stated that they're able to fit maybe about 12 people in the restaurant and she made the decision to not open up the restaurant for dine-in, which I think is an incredibly smart idea, especially because now the Delta variant is here and it's affecting many people and a lot of people are not wearing their masks anymore but all i have to say is please guys stay safe covid is not over i know i'm going a little bit off topic but it's a very important message so please stay safe anyway so there is a window it honestly reminds me of those food trucks and how there is a little pickup window where the employees come out and they ask you what you'd like so that's what edgewater tacos looks like now you order at a window and they give your food from that window and there is actually a little seating area outside with chairs and tables edgewater tacos is very busy i went around i want to say 2 p.m and they're already people eating on the outside area. There were about like two or three people already in those seats. And as I was standing in line waiting for Patricia to come out, there were two more people who got in line. I will say the employees at Edgewater Tacos are incredibly kind. They're so, so, so nice and just very soft-spoken. They're very energetic as well. I know soft-spoken and energetic kind of contradict each other, but you essentially get the best of both worlds with employees there. So during our interview, Patricia actually allowed me to go inside the store. So I was sitting with my teen librarian here, Shira. Shira and I were sitting inside while we were talking to Patricia and i have to say the vibe that i got from patricia was amazing and i truly cannot say enough positive things about her because truly just saying it does not do her justice she's such a kind person she has such a giving heart you can even tell just by having a simple conversation with her you just get such a positive energy from her that unfortunately you don't really get from a lot of people so it was so nice to connect with a new person because 
honestly, the past year and a half, it's been hard connecting with new people because everything has been online, everything has been shut down due to COVID. So it was really nice just connecting with someone who was so kind. So while we were doing our interview with Patricia, her employees in the background were on the go. They were cooking every single second that we were there. New orders were coming in. They kept cooking. It was incredibly hot in Edgewater Tacos because the food was being cooked fresh. I could actually see them. I could see the employees cooking their food, cooking customers fresh, hot meals, which is something that Patricia actually mentioned. She mentioned that if anybody comes to Edgewater Tacos and wants a dish from her, she's not just gonna give a dish that's been laying out there because no customer came to get it. She's gonna cook them a hot, fresh meal. And I can verify that she was telling the truth because the whole time we were sitting in Edgewater Tacos, there was this heat and that heat was from the kitchen and it was from all the cooking that was going on inside. Patricia and Edgewater Tacos truly cares about all their customers. So if you want some authentic Mexican food, that is definitely the place to go. You will get hot and fresh meals, even if it may take a little bit of time, 10 to 15 minutes, maybe max, you're gonna be satisfied with the foods. Patricia had a lot to say about her Mexican identity and also her Ecuadorian identity. She stated that she was more closer with her Mexican identity because her dad was more of the dominant figure in her family and her dad was the Mexican one in the family as well. I loved hearing about her values because they're actually quite similar to the values that I was taught from my immigrant parents. And it's crazy because this podcast is all about globalization and just finding a middle ground with different cultures. And my family is from Bangladesh, which is in Asia. It's in Southeast Asia, Southwest Asia. Patricia's family is from Mexico, which is obviously nowhere near Asia, but the values are so similar. How she kept repeating this idea of karma and that if you do good, you get good. And I know these are common ideas and you don't have to be an immigrant to believe in these ideas and to hear these ideas from your parents, but they're definitely some some things that I've heard from my family over and over and over again. And the people in Bangladesh truly believe in karma and truly believe in doing good to get good. So that's how you guys can see, even if you're from completely different parts of the world, there are still values and things that you can connect with. Even if you may not think there are, there's definitely something. So keep digging deep. Keep trying to get to know people and form connections with people. Something that I really loved about Patricia 
was right after we finished our interview. She was asking her employees if everyone is hydrated and she was urging them, take a little break, make sure to get hydrated, which was so lovely to see because nowadays, I feel like everyone is kind of like, work, work, work. Like we have to get this done, we have to get that done. Everybody's under a stress and they're rushing all the time. But Patricia, even though her restaurant is so busy, she's taking time to make sure that her employees, who are essentially like her family, are hydrated, that they're rested, that they're doing okay, which I think is so important. It's incredibly important to check on the people you love. And it's rare to see that nowadays, but it was beautiful to see it from Patricia. And it's something that I really appreciated. There's so many positive things that I could say about Edgewater Tacos and Patricia, but you guys will never understand it until you guys actually go in. If you guys have not been to Edgewater Tacos yet, please head on over there. Edgewater Tacos is a great restaurant for authentic Mexican food. The people there will just brighten your energy. The food there will do the same. So if you guys are looking for a new restaurant to try, definitely go to Edgewater Tacos. It's incredibly affordable, it's delicious, and it's in a very convenient spot. So I hope that you guys will give it a try. And if you do, please share it with your family and friends if it's something that you appreciated, if it's something you liked, because we all need to spread a little bit more love, a little bit more awareness for Edgewater Tacos because of how amazing it is. I hope you guys enjoyed today's segment. If you did, please stay tuned for the next segment. Until next time.